three, two, one. And welcome to Coordinated Strike. As always, I'm your host, Joe. And we've been doing some Twitch videos and some streaming. And I want to make sure people are aware of that. Uh, it's cheatedfatesjoe.twitch.tv. Uh, so definitely take a look at those and also on our YouTube channel. Uh, again, Cheated Fates Joe. So this is going to be the audio podcast. So welcome, welcome to our loyal listeners. We have had some updates from the, uh, the wizards over at Weird and... Everything seems to be moving along in production. Backer Kit is going to be closing out in the next couple of weeks. Uh, I think the next two weeks is what the last update said. Uh, this is May the 9th. Um, so probably within the next week once this comes out. So get your Backer Kit in. Uh, get it finalized. Get it ready to go. And we should be getting uh, the models into our hot little hands probably in July because they'll come from the factory to Weird in June. So it's a very exciting time uh, for all of us. And Weird has also given us uh, its first Earthside Echo. And Earthside Echo is the name that Weird is using for its fluff podcast for the other side. Um, they have a very similar one. Uh, for its Malifaux stories. Uh, and I can't remember the name of it all of a sudden. So, But Earthside Echoes is the one for the fluff related to the other side. And we've got our first installment of that uh, in backer update number 88. You can find that right on the Kickstarter website. Uh, it's right in there and you can download and listen to it. It's definitely worth uh, the 36 minutes of your time that the audio is about. It's the same uh, voice actress uh, that was used in the promotional material for the Kickstarter. So real good continuity of voice, uh, a, a very lovely uh, English accent, and good speaking demeanor and tone. And the story, kids, is dark. Uh, it's all about the Battle of London and the time leading up to the events that lead us into the conflict that is the other side. So we learn quite a bit through the audio. Uh, we see the transformation, literally, of the citizenry remaining in London into uh, the cult of the Burning Man. You see the heroicness of the soldiers and sailors of the King's Empire, uh, the bravery of King Edward himself. Uh, staying, uh, staying and having to be kept inside the palace by his own royal guard uh, and in ministry instead of going out to help his people. Uh, you see the kind of the might and the autonomy that the king's empire has in relation to some of the other nations of Europe. Uh, again, it's strategic location in terms of being an island it being an island nation uh, and being a little bit separate from guild power and we see kind of the suspicion that the guild have had in relation to this 
giant burning image in the sky and the fact that there are rumors that the guild want to bring an entire army over to England uh, in what the England view in what King's Empire views as a bid to take over uh, the country as a whole and, and remove its full autonomy. Uh, and you see that the King's Empire arrests uh, and detains all the guild operatives that are known uh, in the city of London and elsewhere as this light appears. And you really get an, an amazing sense of kind of the, the tribulation of the time leading right up to the portals opening in the heavens and essentially Malifaux's ocean descending on the city of London itself and bringing with it the uh, the gibbering hordes. And it is an amazing, cool story, very well told, and really uh, gets you excited for sort of the, the fluff of the game. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of world building, universe building, and creating cinematic imagery uh, that then I can sort of use as headcanon to play on the tabletop. And this is the type of thing that gets me very excited uh, for the game, beyond the mechanics, beyond uh, the clarity of the rules, all the things that I've kind of harped on on, the, on the, the show before. This is the kind of stuff that really uh, ingratiates you into the world, brings you that that little extra. Uh, I'm a longtime uh, GW gamer. Um, walked away from it for several years after 5th edition, but always kept an eye on it because that's what you do when you grew up in the GW hobby and being a hobbyist through 3GW. A lot of the interaction and the joy you get from GWC's universes is out of their canons, out of their out of their fluff. It's out of the con the concept and conception of what a space marine is, the concept of what an Eldar is. You know, the concept of how this universe and this world came to be and the central conflict points within it. And you get an affinity to how that world is built and how that world seems fantastical but also real. And that's definitely what I'm getting from uh, the Battle of London uh, teleplay that they've done. And it's, you know, audio, audio drama uh, and story. It is really engrossing it is exciting to see where they're going to take this particular animal and in this game and i think it sets it up very nicely as a very immersive situation you can you can wrap your head around you can understand how this event this seminal event creates a worldwide powder keg and sort of tips off and lights up, uh, you know the the preceding events that are going to be descri des described and displayed 
uh, through playing games of the other side. And so I think they do it in a very intelligent way. I think they describe uh, the way that the gibbering hordes sort of move and their tactics and the fact that they're not just random beasts, but they seem to be very maniacal and organized in how they attack, how they defend, how tactically they're so radically different from anything uh, that, a, that a traditional military force, even in a magical universe, has faced before. And I think they really encapsulate and capture the, the nobility of these animals, essentially, that are definitely sentient and definitely very different to how human beings are in general. We generally uh, have a... Have a, have a desire to preserve as much life as we can, even in conflict. Uh, you know, the worst thing you can do is just send wave after wave after wave in order to try and break through, because it's just a waste of, of life, men and materiel. But, you know, these, these creatures have no issue doing that, and it's, it's exceedingly foreign to... Uh, the sensibility of the King's Empire army, and it's terrifying to them. It's uh, it's very very interesting to to kind of hear and and look at it, and I look forward to seeing the story in uh, in a written form, so I can kind of contain it that way. So that was that's kind of the the fluff update that we've had. It's really exciting to have that. Uh, I am I am super hyped, and I'm doing a lot of things. Uh, on the stream side, as well as the the YouTube side. So today I want to talk about two lists, uh, and they're list idea that is that are based um, primarily on the the story fluff and visuals we've seen so far from the Battle of London. So. I've made a couple of forces here, and there'll be a uh, YouTube video uh, with these guys, and we'll go through a little bit of uh, a battle with them. Uh, but the two forces are uh, in the King's Empire. Uh, we're going to re be a representative force of the type of things you would see during the Battle of London. So what are mentioned uh, most prominently are the Royal Rifle Corps. So we have three units of Royal Rifle Corps, uh, each with a sharpshooter adjunct. We have Charles Edmonton. He is going to come with his military assistant and his stoic demeanor. Uh, additionally, we're going to take Margaret Bell with her rapier wit and a pair of sturdy monoculars. We're going to take a king's hand with the Soulstone Processing Matrix, symbol of the realm, and a Gatling machine gun. And to round it out, we're going to have two artillery teams uh, who I will affectionately uh, name one Albert and the other one Campbell. So we're going to have uh, two artillery teams, like I said, three 
uh, Royal Rifle Corps, each with the adjunct, which is the sharpshooter. Uh, we're going to have King's Hand, fairly standard loadout. Uh, we're going to have Margaret Bell with her loadout, and we're going to have Charles Edmonton with his. On the opposition, we are going to have a Gibbering Hordes Force with some Envoyed in, thanks to Hormatanji, Cult of the Burning Man. So in this list, we're going to be running a Storm Siren with a Swarm of Bottom Feeders and the Conk Horn. We're going to be running Hormatanji with Tidecaller, Hill Trophies, and Flaming Breath. Uh, we'll be running an Alpha Crawler with Rolling Innards, Massive Arms, and Powerful Legs. We're going to be running two units of Yurazi. We're going to be running a unit of Striped Skulkers, a unit of Barbed Crawlers, and two units of the Warped. Alright, so the reason we've chosen this particular mix of characters and units in uh, the Battle of London for our baddies is these are all units that are named and hinted at uh, within both the, the audio drama and in the visuals uh, that we have seen so far in the Battle of London itself. So I wanted to make sure that we had uh, some cult represented. Uh, the best way to do this with Hormatanji. Uh, Hormatanji is represented in some of the initial imagery of the Battle of London. So not surprising at all that he's here. Uh, Alpha Crawlers are very prominent in both the discussion as well as the, the fluff from the attack uh, during the Battle of London. Uh, Urazi also very prominent, hence two units of them. Uh, we have Barb Crawlers because they're specifically called out. We have a Storm Siren again, specifically called out. And Stripe Skulkers because they're all around great unit that is also called out. So this is going to be our Battle of London for the Battle of London uh, game. I am trying to figure out which operation of the ones revealed uh, to utilize. And I think we are going to go with uh, conceptually scavenge. And the reason I wanted to do scavenge is we're going to think of the scavenge markers in this situation for both sides as big piles of normal, regular survivors. And so it's going to be the King's Empire's desire to get and protect those survivors as best they can, and it's going to be in the best interest of the uh, forces of the Dream Hordes and the Burning Man to go ahead and get those uh, resources to be able to devour, grow, and uh, get stronger. So that's kind of the conception between both armies and, and our arbitrary reason why we're going to use that particular scenario that we're going to utilize during the game. And that will be a YouTube video a, a little bit later on. Uh, we got the forces built out, and I want to talk about how the armies theoretically are going to kind of play. Uh, 
on the King's Empire side, we very much have built a gun line. It is three rock-solid uh, attack units of Royal Rifle Corps. We utilize that 22-inch range, uh, that strength three gun. Uh, we have the artillery teams to kind of back up, give us a little more punch. Uh, a King's Hand to help in uh, corralling the monster and corralling the, uh, the unit attrition. We have Margaret Bell to go jump out, get the objectives. And we have uh, Charles Edmonton to help snipe out uh, enemy leadership as well as keeping the, uh, the rifle corps steadily, steadily shooting and, and advancing as they need to in the particular scenario. And then on the uh, opposing side, we have kind of a diverse uh, mix of units. It's fairly melee-centric. Uh, we have some big speed elements, Nirazi. Uh, we have the Alpha Crawler to kind of come in and be, be spot removal with its powerful legs. Uh, we have the Striped Skulkers to help set up ambushes. Uh, barbed Crawlers to help keep Storm Siren alive, uh, as well as provide a little bit of range and pin token presence. And of course, Hormatanji to get the warped um, gloried uh, very early in the game. We could probably glory them turn one. <coughs> Which can be very helpful. Uh, and the warp there basically to provide uh, very strong melee presence, a little bit of uh, additional mobility and trickery with how uh, how they're able to, to work on a battlefield. So again, we have a, a fast-moving uh, melee-centric force with some ability to get uh, pieces out of position for the opponent against uh, what is going to be a very stoic gun line, so very much in theme of the Battle of London itself, where you have uh, the Royal Rifle Corps really entrenched in defending uh, a centralized piece of ground, trying to get as many survivors as they can, and you have the confused, uh, utterly disrupted, uh, gibbering horde come down and fighting alongside the, uh, the recently transformed and confused uh, members of the Cult of the Burning Man and the Warp. So, really cool thematic battle. I'm looking forward to getting this one played and seeing how it plays out. Uh, also looking forward to what you're excited about from the, uh, the Battle of London and the, uh, the Earthside Echo uh, broadcast. Uh, I think that, the, that these type of fluff games uh, are very cool to kind of see the mechanics, see how the, the game can, uh, can support um, a kind of form of historical gaming where we're trying to limit and create uh, what could be a very reasonable composition of, of units for a portion of the battle uh, that would have occurred during this time frame. So we've, we've kind of limited ourselves based on forces that have been represented both visually in the fluff uh, as well as audibly in the in the audio drama. And we want to see how it kind of plays out. So I'm looking forward to doing that. Hopefully you're looking forward to it too. Uh, love to hear from y'all in terms of uh, if you'd like to see more of these uh, and what kind of content you want to see in the future. Again, you can reach me at cheatedfatesjoe at gmail.com uh, on the email. Uh, you can reach out on Twitter at cheatedfatesjoe. And uh, in general, just remember when you have a tactics token, you can make a coordinated strike. Thanks and have a great day.